Sugar is bad, but I think stress is even worse. And when we stress ourselves out or feel guilty over something, that is really way worse than anything you could have eaten. So if you do slip up and you eat the sugar or whatever, it's not a big deal. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Organifi. Now you can sip your way to radiant skin with Organifi's new product, Glow. This refreshing superfood naturally boosts collagen, smooths fine lines, protects the skin from sun exposure and toxins, and naturally moisturizes the skin. It's super simple to use. You simply mix one scoop with eight to 10 ounces of water and you shake it and you drink it. And in natural Organifi fashion, it's got such incredible superfoods like aloe vera, pomegranate extract, lemon powder, coconut water, rosehip powder, All of these ingredients are going to help build collagen naturally using nature's most potent superfoods. Taking care of my skin has become something so important to me, not only because I travel as much as I do, but because I know that we are what we eat. So head over to OrganifiShop.com forward slash products forward slash glow so you can get your Organifi Glow pre-sale free shipping that ends in one day. So you can either go to the info button of this particular podcast and go directly to the link or go to OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com forward slash products forward slash glow. Maria Marlowe is a real food evangelist. She is a holistic health coach and also the author of The Real Food Grocery Guide. She is not only an incredible and beautiful woman inside and out, but she is now one of my dear friends. (laughs) We both happened to meet each other during Sahara Rose's bachelorette party, and we totally hit it off. Maria is so incredibly knowledgeable on all things food, and I was so excited to finally talk to somebody about an issue that I've been struggling with for a long time, and I kind of go in phases in and out, but really connecting with Maria and having her just teach me new things that I didn't know about eating healthy. I know a lot about food and I know a lot about nutrition, especially as a certified health coach myself. But you know, there are those people that really love and spend so much time diving into the really fine details of food and what foods affect us in which way. I mean, she is truly the epitome of what it means to be an expert. And I was so happy to finally dive into a topic that I have been struggling with for a long time. 
uh, and it's of course, revolving around sugar and my sugar addiction. (laughs) So I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on iTunes. Every review helps. So without further ado, here is Maria Marlowe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. I am joined by a very special guest, And I can't wait for everybody to hear her voice and for her to share all of her wisdom because she's literally saving my life right now. (laughs) Maria Marlowe, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, We're in my living room, uh, as per usual, my living room slash studio, and we are getting ready in a little bit to cook together. What I really think is going to happen is Maria is going to make me food and I'm just going to watch her. (laughs) I'm going to make you get your hands dirty a little bit. (laughs) Um, Maria's actually been helping me with my sugar addiction, you guys, because let's be honest, it has gotten worse than the opioid epidemic. <laughs> like, So I was just in Scotland and I don't know what happened. I've been so good about the sugar intake for the last six months, I would say. And I really don't know what I'm like a drug addict. I don't know what happened, right? It happens. And it, it is. It, sugar is addictive. There was a study with rats, which I'm sure you've heard about, where the rats were more addicted to the sugar than they were cocaine. So yeah, it's definitely something that once you start eating sugar, it is hard to break it. It's not impossible. It's totally doable if you have follow the right protocol, but it you have to actively try and, and break free from the sugar. Oh, that is... The suffering is real, my friends. So I was just in Scotland and we were – I was leading a a retreat and I'm not kidding, after every meal – and they had like five-star chef. It was the best food. We were really well-fed. It was not – I wouldn't say it was like a very healthy food. Like it wasn't like a vegetarian – usually we'll do a vegetarian. This was like very like – hearty, delicious, like they really wanted to nourish us. So I I wouldn't say it wasn't healthy, but it just, it wasn't like we were eating like salads and greens the whole day. We were definitely enjoying our time (laughs) together. And we were doing a lot of internal work, but after every meal, they were making, they were giving us dessert. And I think that's what sent me over the deep end. And after that for two weeks, I'm not kidding. Like I was like a bloodhound just wanting the sugar. Oh, for sure. And once our our tongue tastes sugar, it actually stays on our tongue. And so we our sugar cravings keep getting triggered for the rest of the day too, which is why if we have sugary cereals, which most traditional like cereal or breakfast like muffins and croissants and all these things are very sugary. And then it's no wonder that you're having sugar cravings two hours later, four hours later, six hours later, because it's staying on your tongue and it's just triggering that sugar craving over and over. Not to mention your blood sugar crash, right? So once you eat the sugar, your blood sugar spikes, your body tries to bring it back down, and then it goes, you know, lower. And it you basically get on this hamster wheel of your blood sugar up and down, like a roller coaster. And uh yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to take some steps to curtail it. But it's not it's not so bad. Well, you know, I and you made me feel so much better. So uh, Maria and I were recently at uh Sahara Rose's Bachelorette weekend and 
we were just having a great time connecting and just getting to know each other better. And I don't know why, but I was like, Maria's going to help me overcome this sugar thing because even though for me, like, you know, I also went to IIN and I have all the knowledge and this was part of like what got me into uh, becoming a, a health coach and nutritionist. But still, like, I want people to know that it doesn't matter. You have the knowledge. Like, you have to be able to have the right support and know the right things. And sometimes your body changes and your cravings change. And I think it's important to just know that we all, you know, have the same struggle and we all kind of go through the same thing. So I wanted you to enlighten us uh, about the sugar talk and to, like, really just tell me why I'm still so addicted to sugar and and what are the steps that we're going to take to relieve that and then you can talk to us about uh you know your health journey and how you got to be here sure so when I think of cravings I feel like there's really two types of cravings there is the physical craving and an emotional craving so let's start with the emotional craving uh. <laughs> because it looked like that one hit a nerve yeah so Whenever you crave something, whether it's sweet or anything else, you want to really be very mindful and ask yourself, why am I craving this and what is the situation? What is going on? Am I stressed? Am I bored? Am I in need of a distraction? Am I lonely? Right? A lot of times we, once, once we feel one of these feelings, we automatically want ice cream or cookies or whatever our snack of choice is because we're trying to fill that void that emotion with food. And that's why they call it comfort food, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it is, it, in the moment, it does comfort us. But what happens is as soon as you swallow and the bag is done, it doesn't comfort you that much anymore. And it probably makes you even feel worse. Yep. So when it comes to emotional cravings, if you feel like, okay, every time I get home and I realize I'm alone and I'm lonely, that's when I start snacking and eating all this dessert, then you want to think of ways that you can fulfill fulfill yourself and and not feel lonely and whether that's going out on more dates or calling a friend over for dinner or joining a adult sports team something to basically get out and get you with other people so you don't feel lonely right or for me when I used to work in an office I noticed that at three o'clock like clockwork it was like I needed a cookie like I was like a, a drug fiend like I had to go and and get some sort of sugar some sweet and it wasn't because my body needed sugar it was because I was in need of a distraction I'd been working nonstop all day didn't take a lunch break, just yeah. ate at my desk really quickly, not even realizing what I had inhaled down. And I just needed a break. So that was my way. Like I don't smoke cigarettes. I was like, okay, let me go eat some chocolate chip cookies. So when it, if it's an emotional craving, really ask yourself, what's the emotion tied to it that's triggering this craving? And then try and find other – and write down a list of like five or ten things you can do that can fulfill that craving in a non-food way. Yeah. Can I can I uh, ask a question sure. just on that? Because I feel like for me, everything you said resonates, especially now, you know, and you know what my schedule is like. I'm constantly on the go. Like there's times when I don't even have time to eat. So I have to just make the best choice that I can for that moment. Um, and I find that when I do think of other ways that I can soothe that craving it makes me really irritated 
So can you speak to that a little bit? Is this a per- is this just me? Am I getting too personal? No, no, it's all good. So you get irritated because you really want the sugar and you don't want to do the other things? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in that situation, what I would say there, you know, with, with, a sugar addiction and breaking the sugar addiction, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And there's different steps you can take. So one thing you can do in that situation is if you really want something sweet, at least upgrade your sweet. So instead of having white refined sugar and whatever you're having, choose a dessert that has either coconut sugar or even better, stevia or monk fruit. And when you're choosing these healthier sweeteners, it's also going to help you wean yourself off of the white and refined sugar, which is probably the worst thing that we can consume. So choosing things like that, or even better, choosing something that's sweetened with fruit. So for dessert today, we're going to make banana ice cream, which, yes, (laughs) which is one of my favorite desserts. And it is something that actually helped me. I used to have a crazy sugar addiction. I used to eat sugar all day long in massive amounts. And what helped me was this banana ice cream, which is essentially just you take bananas, peel them, break them in half, put them in a Ziploc bag, freeze them overnight, and then you put them in a Vitamix with cacao powder or whatever flavor you want, vanilla, uh, whatever flavor you want, and it makes a soft serve ice cream that is just so creamy and delicious. It's perfectly sweet, and it's you're legit just like eating bananas. So choosing fruit-sweetened desserts, that would be an upgrade because at least the banana has nutrients, it has fiber, and it's not just empty, empty calories. Yeah, that are empty calories that are not satisfying that craving anyway. Right. Yeah, and, and with fruit-sweetened desserts, I find you will have a stop. When I used to – I used to eat Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies like they were going out of style and I would not stop until there was not one – there's not a crumb left in the box, you know? And it could be a family-sized box because those foods don't have any – like there's a food with no breaks because there's no nutrients and there's no fiber in it. When you eat foods that have fiber and have nutrients, your body actually knows when to step away from the table. Mm. Yeah, so so it becomes something that you – your body – can become attuned to, Mm -hmm. like after doing it for a certain amount of time. Yes. So yeah, and also in terms of uh, breaking like a physical sugar addiction. So one is just upgrading your sweets. That's kind of step one because you're still going to want, you know, that three o'clock, um, sweet or whatever it is. So choosing a healthier version of it, sweetened with fruit or coconut sugar or monk fruit or stevia. That's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is make sure that your blood sugar is balanced by eating well-balanced meals. If you're eating – like you can start craving sugar even if you're not eating dessert. And that can happen if you're eating refined carbohydrates in the form of bread, even if it's whole wheat bread or wraps, um, pizza, pasta, crackers. Like all of these things are refined flour, like refined carbohydrates, and those two are going to spike your blood sugar. So a lot of times people don't realize, like I remember I had a client and she's like, I don't understand. Like, you know, during the day I get so hungry, I get like shaky and I'm like hangry and, you know, I'm eating, I'm eating some healthy. I'm like, what are you eating? She's like, well, for breakfast, I'm having whole wheat toast. And I'm like, you know, whole wheat toast will spike your blood sugar more than a Snickers bar, right? So yes, you you have to really be careful with 
your bread and refined carbohydrate products because those are also going to act like sugar in your body. So really avoiding um, or eliminating those is ideal and eating a meal that has adequate fiber, adequate protein, adequate healthy fats for every meal, that's going to keep your blood sugar balanced. So you're not going to get hangry at all and you're not going to crave the sugar during the day. Yeah. You know, I just had an aha moment as you're saying that because you know what my favorite thing to have is for lunch? Avocado toast. Mm. Avocado toast. And I sometimes I'll do like a scrambled eggs with it or like a hard boiled egg and I put some olive oil on there and I'm like, oh, this is so healthy. But you know what I realized? A couple hours later, I want something sweet. Yeah, that's that's exactly <gasps> it. It's exactly it. Wow, my mind is just blown right now. I'm like having a moment. Yeah, and and another uh, great tip, which we're going to do tonight also, is I'm going to roast carrots. You could roast sweet potatoes, any sort of sweet root vegetable, because when you roast them, it caramelizes them and it brings out this delicious sweet flavor. And that can fulfill your desire for sweetness, but in a much healthier way. So that way, if you're just adding those into your diet on the regular, you'll probably notice that you don't desire the sweetness from other sources. Mm. How does, because I also, because Tori really loves like kitchery, like I'll make kitchery all the time um, and I use sprouted brown rice. So would that be the, a similar thing like the whole wheat toast or the the so so one one tip is if you are going to ever eat something sweet or a refined carbohydrate like white white rice always pair it with a protein and that's what kitchery does so kitchery is the white rice or the sprouted brown rice with lentils and lentils are a high protein high fiber food so when you pair them together it actually blunts that blood sugar spike so another tip for example if you like fruit juice, like fresh fruit juice, like a grapefruit juice or orange juice, pomegranate juice. If you add chia seeds, a tablespoon of chia seeds to the juice, you just let it suspend, give it five, 10 minutes. You won't taste them going down, but what it does is it adds the fiber and protein. So it slows the absorption of sugar into your bloodstream. So great. You guys, seriously, I'm learning so much. And again, for me, like this is the type of stuff that I Again, I I may know it, but I don't think about it because it's not really in my life every day. You know, I I I forget. And there are things that we just don't think about. And what I do feel is the ramifications of having a lot of sugar or feeling like my body's out of whack or I feel inflammation. I mean, that's huge. My body feels it instantly, like the inflammation in my joints. I feel in my body, I get really sore in the morning. I wake up and I'm when I'm normally not sore, if I'm not having any sugar. Um, I feel really good. I feel energetic, but I noticed when I, especially the last two weeks in Scotland and Tori and I were walking everywhere. We were being really active and constantly doing things. But when I came back home, my body was like so tender and my joints hurt and my knees hurt. Everything was just in so much pain. And I was like, Oh, it's just maybe a little bit of jet lag, but I'm like, I, I really have convinced myself that I don't get jet lag, but I, it was all of that, right? It was just all of the sugar and the carbohydrates, everything that I was eating that was just like consuming my body. For sure. And that brings up a great point. So one thing that was really helpful for me quitting sugar and has been helpful for a bunch of my clients is really starting to understand exactly what sugar is doing to your body. I think that 
a lot of people think that it's just, it's not that bad. Like, oh, sugars and everything, or we grew up with sugar. Like, how could it be that bad? Or just a little bit is fine. Sugar is literally the worst thing that we can put in our body. And it does everything from increasing our inflammation, lowering our immune system. It um, can increase our wrinkles, our fine lines and wrinkles. It could cause acne. It um, definitely causes weight gain. It's like one of the biggest culprits in weight gain and obesity, diabetes. So there are so many things that sugar does to us negatively. So I say pick, like find what it is for you. That is that trigger point where you're like, no, 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 I really don't want that. Whether it's the skin thing, for me it's skin and like it was associated with acne. So I used to have really bad acne. And for me, I was like, okay, if this is causing, contributing to my acne, like, no, I'm not going to eat it. Um, or if this is contributing to, to premature aging of my skin, then no, I definitely don't want to eat it. And there's a great documentary called Fed Up. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And for me, that was like a real turning point because I was like, okay, this stuff is really bad and I just – I don't want it in my body anymore. Yeah, let's – I'll put that in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, I'll put the link to that documentary. It's great. If you haven't seen it, please definitely watch it. Um, can you speak to our emotional state or what does sugar, just in your opinion, do to our emotions? nothing good, (laughs) you know, and it it does cause inflammation, right? And there is a connection between our gut and our brain. And when we're eating inflammatory foods, this can actually inflame our brain. It could um, take our mood down. So initially it will give us that burst of energy and we'll probably feel really great. But then it's going to, when our blood sugar crashes, our mood is going to go with it. And that's when you get hangry. That's when you get cranky. That's when you become really short-tempered. And if your brain, if you're eating sugar all of the time and your brain is literally inflamed, like you're not going to be in a good mood at all. So really, you know, if you find yourself being cranky and hangry all the time Mm -hmm. and just in a bad mood, you could also, like, it may not be you. It may actually be what you're eating. Yeah. I uh, recently had Liana Warner Gray on the show and she basically talked about how, you know, taking sugar was like the number one cancer favorite it loves sugar and how she basically created this environment in her body where cancer was not able to thrive and I I really I think that we forget that or we just don't think about how much impact what we're putting into our body is affecting us Um, and for me it's like when you don't feel good or you're tired, you do want that comfort, but it's, it's a vicious cycle, you know? And for me, if I'm, if I, once I'm on the sugar train, I call it the sugar train. I, I can't, I can't stop. It's very difficult. It takes a lot for me to really stop, but I think for me talking about it to like talking to you about it, um, just asking for support has been really helpful because it, it makes me think about it. So I was just at 1440. And so they have these very like, um, healthy vegan desserts where they are using all natural sugar. But even when I would get them, like I kept thinking about Maria, I'm like, what would Maria say about this? (laughs) Would she approve? So can you speak to the idea of actually having support and how important that is when you do have something like a sugar addiction? For sure. Support is everything. And not only to hold you accountable, but also to 
just guide you and to let you know that you're not alone. We've all been there. I mean, I've definitely been there and I'm here to tell you, you can get out the other side and be okay. Uh, But I think first and foremost, before even reaching out and having someone else help us, I think even more importantly, we have to change our perspective. So a lot of times when people think about cutting out sugar or getting healthy, improving their diet, it comes from a place of deprivation. It comes from a place of, okay, I don't like my body and I want it to look differently. So I'm going to punish it by taking away all the foods that I love and I'm just going to punish it, you know. I'm going to deprive it of all the the most delicious foods and and that's what I'm going to do. When you think of it that way, you're never going to stick to whatever it is that you said you'd stick to. Give it a week, maybe two, and you're going to throw in the towel. But if you shift your perspective to my body is my temple, I want to nourish my body, I want to give it everything that it needs, it does so much for me, I'm so grateful for it that I'm alive, that I'm in good health, and I want to nourish it with the best foods. And sugar is just going to hurt me, and I don't want it. Um, It's going to make my body do things that I don't want it to do, so I'm going to choose other foods instead. And doing that perspective shift first, I think, is really key. And then also having someone to hold you accountable and just someone you can reach out to. Just talking about things sometimes is all you need to um, to kind of get you back on track or give you the answers. Yeah, because I feel like I associate sugar with feeling good, with a treat. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm also a reward-based treat person. Mm-hmm. Like I worked really hard today. I want a treat. And the problem is that my significant other, bless him, he wants to make me happy. So he will, that will be the first thing he offers. He's like, do you want a treat? Do you want to go get some ice cream? Do you want, you know, this or that? And it makes it really hard for me to say no, because I want it. (laughs) Number one. And number two, because it, it feels good. But I think that when I've not had it for a while and, you know, cause I've done it before. It's once you've done it for a long, like two, a week or two weeks, then you, your body doesn't crave it anymore. It's out of your system and it, it makes it easier to crave feeling good. Like that feels better to me, not having to feel sore in the morning and tender and inflamed. And it just makes me feel good. And I can still enjoy Uh, other forms of sweets and like raspberries or blueberries or adding more natural sweeteners into, you know, what I'm eating. Um, I think if you can get through one week, if you could get through seven days without having your desserts, like you'll be good. You'll be golden. You'll be like, wow, I like, I don't even need it anymore. And it just, it's a little hump. It might be a little hard that first seven days, but after that you, you're, probably not even going to care about it. The seven day challenge. I think we should, we should employ everybody listening right now who is a sugar addict, just like I am, just like we are to a seven day sugar free challenge. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I actually also have, I have a three day sugar detox meal plan on my site. So I'll give you the link for that. Um, and so that could be really helpful in keeping your blood sugar balanced and then choosing, you know, if you really want something sweet, choose a fruit based dessert. And I think it's important to emphasize the dessert part. So if you're craving something sweet, 
chances are the average person is not going to be like, oh, let me eat some blueberries or let me eat some raspberries. <laughs> You're going to be like, that is boring. But if you change the, the bananas, let's say, into ice cream – all of a sudden, you feel like you're really having a treat or using dates to make little truffles. You literally feel like you're having a chocolate truffle. So it it feels more decadent and it can satisfy that craving a bit more than just a handful of blueberries. And I also like what you talked about earlier about how we approach our addiction, how we come at it from a place of deprivation and punishment as opposed to nourishing our temple or being loving or having more compassion with ourselves. I think that we get into that mindset of like, oh, like you fucked up or you can't even do this or oh, like this is so annoying or look at in the mirror and not love your body and that kind of thing. And I think that that's a reality for a lot of women and it's definitely something that can be addressed. And I feel like that's where having that support system and having people in your life that are willing to support you and your efforts to move through this addiction in a very mindful and sustainable way is great. Yeah. Right. And I think sugar is bad, but I think stress is even worse. And when we stress ourselves out or feel guilty over something, that is really way worse than anything you could have eaten. So if you do slip up and you eat the sugar or whatever, it's not a big deal, you know? Uh, just move on. Don't let it snowball, but don't beat yourself up over it. And if you do that, you'll find that you'll actually snap out of it a lot quicker. When you start beating yourself up, you're going to continue to make those poor choices. Right. So what are three things that somebody that's listening to this podcast right now can do to kick their sugar addiction or at least begin the processes? Well, first, I would say upgrade your sweets. So whatever you're eating now, whatever your sweet du jour is, whether it's cookies, brownies, ice cream, find the healthier upgrade. So I actually wrote a book called The Real Food Grocery Guide, and it has a whole section on packaged foods and gives you like the healthier upgrade to whatever sweet that you're desiring. But you can even go to a Whole Foods or go to your health food store and just read the packages. Find desserts that are sweetened with coconut sugar or monk fruit or stevia. Um, any of these na like natural sweeteners are going to be better. Monk fruit and stevia are zero glycemic, so those will be your best options. Uh, but even coconut sugar at least is a step up from uh, white sugar. And then, so that's number one. Number two is make sure you're eating balanced meals. So I like to think of my plate as a pie chart and you want at least 50% of your plate, 50 to 75% of your plate to be made up of vegetables. They could be cooked, they could be raw, it doesn't matter. You just need to get your fiber and your nutrients in. A quarter of your plate should be some sort of healthy protein. So that could be animal-based, like three or four ounces of wild salmon, let's say, or it could be plant-based. And for plant-based, you want about a cup of beans or lentils. And then you also want to make sure there's some healthy fat on there. So that could be olive oil drizzled on there. It could be avocado, some nuts and seeds, whatever you want. And that is really your ideal plate ratio that's going to give you the nutrients that you need. That's going to keep you satisfied and keep your blood sugar stable so that you're not on this up and down roller coaster where you're craving sugar and sweets all the time. So that's number two. And then number three, I would say, is make an effort to add in 
sweet uh, roasted root vegetables on a regular basis. So that could make up that half of your plate or a piece of that plate. Uh, and then just one last thing I'll add, fourth thing, is figure out that emotional trigger. Yeah. If there's an emotional trigger for your sweet craving, you've got to find some non-food ways to fulfill that emotion. Yeah. So for those of you listening, 10 lucky listeners will get a free copy of The Real Food Grocery Guide. All you have to do is tag both Maria and I on Instagram, and you can either tag this particular episode, screenshot it and share it in your stories, or you can share it in a post to win a free copy, and we will mail it to you with lots of love and hope that it helps guide you in some way, shape, or form. Yes. So I have two questions for you because I want to be respectful of your time and you know that I'm going to talk your ear off here in a little bit as we make dinner. Um, The first one is for you being in the world of health and wellness and being a coach, an author, um, an influencer, what is your biggest non-negotiable when it comes to your own personal self-care? First, I would say that I make sure that I'm nourishing my body with healthy foods. So I make sure I get my veggies in every single day, my dark leafy greens. I aim to get in some form of dark leafy green every single day. I just feel like it nourishes me. It helps me feel good. It's great for my digestion, for my skin, energy, my mood. So I do make sure that no matter whether I'm traveling or busy or hectic, whatever it is, I make sure I'm nourishing my body with the healthiest foods that I can find wherever I am. And secondly, just really this last year or two years, I'm realizing more and more how you could eat the healthiest diet in the world. But if you're stressed, you are going to be super unhealthy. Your body doesn't care about the kale and broccoli Uh at that point. It's like, (laughs) dude, like chill. So I've been really working on mastering my stress. And a lot of stress comes from perspective. So there's a book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And she talks about how stress is basically your perspective. And if you change your perspective about that situation – you don't have to stress yourself out about it. So doing that and getting more into meditation and yoga and all those kinds of things has also been really helpful and something that is a non-negotiable for me. Yeah, I love that. And the final question that I asked to all of my guests pertains to this particular podcast and why I created it. So I created this podcast and radically loved as an idea to – bring people together that are like-minded, that are trying to create something bigger for themselves. And it comes from the philosophy that we are all radically loved and supported by God, universe, source, whatever higher power of your understanding is that um, the the universe works for us and not against us. And so the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? I feel radically loved just by being grateful, like when I remember to be grateful for all that I have and all that's around me, that's when I know that I'm fully supported by the universe and I have everything that I need. 
I don't need anything else. Just being grateful, having a daily gratitude practice. And even when I'm driving like stuck in traffic, like, wow, look at these beautiful trees here because now I'm living in Dubai, there are no trees. So just the simplest things, uh, having this attitude of gratitude is what really helps me feel radically loved. I love that. Thank you so much. For the people listening that want to connect with you or they want more information, where can they go? They can find me at mariamarlow.com and Marlow is M-A-R-L-O-W-E. You could also find me on Instagram at Maria Marlow and my podcast, which Rosie will be on, is called Happier and Healthier. Yay. And so for those of you listening, if you go to the show notes, you click the info button, all of those links will be provided there so you can directly connect with Maria. And thank you. <laughs> like, thank you so much for being Now here. we can cook. Yeah, now we can cook. <laughs> Let's eat. Let's eat some banana ice cream. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.